Welcome back. Happy New Year. Here's what we've got for you today on CityCast Salt Lake. Tons of snow in the Wasatch brought Salt Lake snowpack up to 108%, and our resorts were slammed with holiday traffic. Today, we've got Lee Moriarty and Patrick Murphy, their business managers from the Park City Professional Ski Patrol Association. Their union is in its 47th bargaining session with Vail Resorts, and they told me they don't want to strike. They just want a living wage. It's Tuesday, January 4th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Patrick and Lee, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to CityCast Salt Lake. Thanks for having us. Happy to be here. Yeah, excited to talk with you. What does a ski patroller do? Like, what does it take to become a ski patroller besides being an exceptional skier? Our primary focus is keeping uh, guests at the mountain safe. So most ski patrollers will come to a resort with prior medical experience, whether that's an EMT or a wilderness first responder. And then at our ski patrol, we have to have an outdoor emergency certificate or outdoor emergency care technician. Um, And then beyond just like first responders, we also are in charge of maintaining ropes and padding on the mountain to be proactively keeping guests safe. And then a huge part of keeping guests safe is avalanche mitigation in the West. So we are trained in explosive work and snow safety and how to mitigate avalanche hazards. So this is like years of training. This isn't months of training. Yeah, it's not something where you can step into this job and be an expert. It takes years and years on the job to develop expertise So the longer you're here, the better you can get at your job and then the safer we can make the mountain as a whole. I wouldn't normally ask you this question up front, which is how much are you being paid? But I feel like it's really relevant to this entire negotiation. So what does compensation look like for ski patrollers right now? Right now, our first year patrollers are getting $13.25 an hour. Our intermediate patrollers who are second years are getting $14.50 an hour. And then our advanced, starting advanced patrollers, which are third-year patrollers, are getting $16 an hour. So those are flat rates. And then we get additional raises for different skills or certifications that we have on the mountain. Yeah, so we have incentive-based pay, like Lee said, um, on top of that. So if you have an EMT certification, you'll get an incentive per hour. And then if you have more advanced medical certifications above that, you'll get an additional incentive and then however many avalanche routes you're an avalanche route leader on, um, part of our avalanche mitigation program, there's incentives. Um, so the the more expertise and familiarity you have with the terrain and the mountain, uh, the more avalanche routes you can lead and the more incentives you can get there. We have avalanche rescue dogs and they get a bonus per hour for being dog handlers. Um, but other than that, after your third year, you're just going to be getting your merit-based increase year to year, which is generally around 3%. So you're looking at 10-year patrollers who are making under $20 an hour. And just for reference with this whole pay scale, Vail's company-wide minimum wage has been raised to $15 an hour. So we have a really solid chunk of our patrol working below that minimum wage still. So in your discussions, in your negotiations with Vail, what are you all asking for? Our most recent ask is for a starting wage of $17 an hour, which is a figure we came to 
looking at what the starting wages are for other resorts around the Wasatch, just around here and then across the Mountain West in general. So that's a number that is pretty standard across the board. So that's the industry standard we're looking to get to. And we just want to be in line with that. It's a very reasonable wage considering the certifications we have, the expertise that we have, and the amount of hazards we take on day to day just to keep the guests safe and keep the mountain running. Is it a living wage in Park City? $17 an hour would still come short of that, but it's a step in the right direction at least. These negotiations have been going on for a very long time, since, as I understand it, August of 2020. It sounds absolutely exhausting for, frankly, both parties, but especially when you don't have the kind of infrastructure that Vail Resorts necessarily does. Are you, how, where's your head at? Like, how are you guys feeling? Lee, how are you feeling? Um, I think at the beginning of the season, it was pretty easy to feel like tired and frustrated with everything. But then I think as this season's continued and as we've just had more open conversation with all of our coworkers, it really has shown that we're not going to give up easily. And this is something that we want to fight for because this is a lot of people's careers. Um, Sure, we have plenty of coworkers who might only be around for a couple of years, but for a lot of our coworkers, they've been here for 10 plus years. And this needs to be a job that provides for families and makes a community stronger. Do you think that people that ski regularly at Park City are feel involved with this movement and understand how valuable the work that you do is? Or do you feel like there's a disconnect between regulars at the mountain and the work that the ski patrol does? I think there's two misconceptions that we deal with pretty regularly. And one of them is that a lot of guests assume that we are making much more money than we are because of the certifications we have and because of the hazards we take on. A lot of people operate under the assumption that we are making more than $20 an hour. And they think, surely, if you're throwing bombs and keeping this mountain going, and I'm paying $230 a day to ski here, surely they're being paid handsomely for their work. So people have been surprised when they've been seeing these articles, when they see how little money we're actually making. So it's been nice to unpack that myth. And then another thing, and this is less common, is that people don't really realize that this is something that we do full time and that this is our job and that a lot of people do this as a career. A lot of people think that we're just out here just trying to ski powder and that this is just some little fling that we're doing when in reality we've got people that have been here for 25 years and they're raising families here and they're parts of the community and they're really, really a huge part of this mountain and this community as a whole. So the fact that we do this full time, this really is our job and it is our career and that we do other jobs in the summer, too. And a lot of people have to do that to kind of sustain this lifestyle. I saw something on your Instagram that compared the hourly wage of a ski patroller to the cost of a basket of chicken tenders at the resort. And it was incredibly striking. I went today to go buy lunch um, and like a, a burger is like sixteen fifty, and I, I make sixteen ninety eight an hour. Wow. I'm looking at your GoFundMe, the PCPSPA mm-hmm. Solidarity Fund. It's at almost $46,000, which is, mm-hmm. as someone who f- fundraises in their day job, is, I know how much work it takes to raise that. That's extraordinary. I, In the description for the fundraiser, you said that you are not just negotiating for a living wage in Park City, but also in the industry. Like some, what, yep. what is safe for your counterparts in the industry? 
what is the role of your particular movement and the work that you all are doing in more broadly, like this movement for a living wage? Do you, are you anticipating a regional ripple effect? Hopefully. I think that not just our union, but a lot of the unions around the country, um, such as Telluride and Crested Butte and Steamboat, uh, a lot of us, we're all trying to push the industry standard forward. We're all trying to work together so that we can make this a viable career path for everyone because it's a really dangerous job regardless of where you work. And it's really something where more experience and retaining those really good employees is so important. So we're hoping that we can continue to drive that change and keep the industry moving in the right direction. If you went on strike, what would happen? What would that look like? Um, right now, we have, we're really pushing to come to an agreement in negotiations. Um, it would be, it would have a huge impact on the mountain. And it's something that we would have to think about, right? Is it doesn't just affect ski patrollers. It would affect a lot of other people working at the mountain. But we do hope going along with that idea of a ripple effect that by pushing for a living wage within ski patrol, it would encourage others to consider how much they're getting paid and the importance of having jobs in a mountain town. For someone that doesn't ski or isn't going to visit the mountain, what would you hope that they would take away from reading articles about this negotiation or the process that you all are engaging in? Yeah, I think our fight goes beyond ski patrollers. It's not just ski patrollers that deserve to be getting paid fairly for their work. There's countless industries that are getting underpaid. And I think you're seeing with these with these labor shortages, a lot of it is due to a wage shortage. So people are not taking these jobs that have wages that are too low. And I think if people see that we can stand up and fight for a wage that's uh, more in line with what we deserve, then hopefully other industries will follow suit and realize that they need to raise their wages in order to keep their workforce. Mm -hmm. I think... Um too, like going with that and like the labor shortage we're seeing, especially as the pandemic is not slowing down, um, that other first responders and granted we work in like a pay to play kind of industry, but other first responders who deal with a lot of hazards, especially from COVID, um, deserve higher um, wages. You all are, I mean, bringing Vale to the table here. What does this say about the future of working in the outdoor industry in Utah? Well, hopefully people see that there is a way they can have a voice against these really large companies, that you don't have to just be a number. You can you can find a way to have a collective voice and you can stand up together and there's strength in numbers. And I think we're proof of that. And hopefully it can serve to show people the way. If you all come out with a $17 an hour minimum wage, do you think that other ski patrol unions or groups will begin to organize for that as well? Like, do you think there will be an immediate turn of the tide? And do you think that's why Vail is pushing back so hard? I think it would put a lot of pressure on Vail from those other mountains to meet, match the, the expectation. Patrick and Lee, thank you so much for being here. I have to say, I really support what you all are fighting for. I hope that things come out in favor of that $17 an hour minimum wage. Um, and it would be amazing to see a ripple effect in the West because this is such an important part of the West and what brings people out here and what we enjoy about this space and keeping it safe is of course a number one priority safety first. So thank you so much for being on CityCast Salt Lake. Good luck. I wish you the best of luck. We all do. And, um, yeah, thanks so much for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having us. We appreciate the support.
Thank you so much. A little news before we go. Related to today's conversation, more than half of states are planning to increase their minimum wage this year, including our neighbors New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, and Nevada. But Utah said, nah, we're good, and is sticking with the current federal minimum wage of $7.25 an hour. Utah's minimum wage hasn't changed since 2009, but the Gardner Institute says our housing prices have jumped 28% in just the past year. If that makes you and your coworkers mad, I have to ask, have you thought about forming a union? That's it for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. My New Year's resolution, personally, is to speak to the manager more, to tell them what a great experience I had. I'm filling out every comment card that I can get my hands on. And on that note, If you're enjoying the show, will you fill out ours? We'd love if you left us a review or rated us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other folks find out about the show, and it makes us feel good about the work we do. All right, we'll be back Thursday morning with more news from around the city. Bye. (laughs) Patrick, and no, I'll just like say, hey, welcome. And you say like, hey, great to be here. Mm Mm-hmm.